0: It's Tuesday, February 11th. Welcome to Skim This. We're breaking down the most complex stories of the day and giving you the context on why they matter. The hottest celebrity couple right now, T-Mobile and Sprint. We'll explain why these two B-listers pairing up could be a huge deal for the telecom industry and for your wallet. And in breakup news, the US and the Philippines are on the outs. We'll explain why the Philippines breaking a long-held military agreement could have global consequences. We're here to make your evening smarter. Let's skim this. Today's episode is brought to you by Bombas. (coughs) Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to witness the joining together of Sprint and T-Mobile. If anyone can show just cause why these companies should not be joined together in merger, speak now or forever hold your peace. Anyone? Really, nobody has a problem with the third and fourth largest wireless companies in the U.S. joining forces? Nobody worries about a lack of competition or maybe rising prices or worse service? Well then, It is with great joy that I present to you the new T-Mobile. It is now official, a federal judge approving the merger between T-Mobile and Sprint. T-Mobile is wrapping up a multi-billion dollar deal with Sprint. It is official. T-Mobile has won approval from a federal judge to go ahead with its $26.5 billion purchase of Sprint. After more than two years of lawsuits and regulatory red tape, T-Mobile's plan to buy Sprint finally won approval today. Once the two companies work out the fine print, they'll simply take the name T-Mobile and have more than 100 million customers combined. That new power couple is planning to challenge the dominance of AT&T and Verizon, the number one and number two players in the US. And remember, the wireless world is about to undergo a big 5G transformation. New and faster data networks are just around the corner, but building them is going to be really expensive. That was one of the arguments T-Mobile and Sprint made to justify their merger. Basically, we're just too small and too poor to build a 5G network all on our own. So we've got to get hitched. And today, a federal judge agreed to tie the knot. He was reportedly persuaded that, unless this merger happened, Sprint wouldn't be able to hold its own as a national wireless carrier. How romantic. These two literally can't live without each other. The judge was also won over by T-Mobile's argument that, After it becomes a top player, it will keep shaking things up and be a good competitor alongside the big guys, AT&T and Verizon. But just because this union got approval today, not everyone's on board. In fact, the reason why a judge had to sign off on this is because 13 states and the District of Columbia had sued to try to stop this merger from happening. They argued that the third and fourth largest wireless companies merging would reduce competition and raise prices for consumers. That wasn't just speculation. Their lawsuit uncovered internal documents from T-Mobile's parent company, saying that having fewer players in the wireless industry would be pretty great for them and boost profits. Last year, analysts predicted this merger had just a 55% chance of getting approved. T-Mobile wants me, T-Mobile wants me not. And the opposition to this deal seemed pretty legit especially since there's been a growing movement to try and stop big business from gathering more power and wiping out the competition. Regulations to stop this kind of thing are called antitrust laws. But when those antitrust efforts didn't pan out and today's merger got approved, Sprint stock jumped 70% in a single day. Talk about marrying up. So what could this merger mean for all of us? If you're a Sprint customer now, you'll soon start getting your bills from T-Mobile. And T-Mobile promises it won't jack up its prices for the next three years. If this deal works as planned, a bigger, wealthier T-Mobile might have the resources to build a seriously good 5G network and improve its service. So that's the possible good news. But some of the most vocal critics of this deal, like New York Attorney General Letitia James, thinks the changes in store for consumers won't be positive. She said today that New York and other states might appeal to try and make sure it never happens. Meanwhile, others are also unconvinced by T-Mobile's argument that it will remain a, quote, self-styled maverick in the wireless industry, after its main competitor, Sprint, is no longer a threat. Meaning, T-Mobile says, despite the fact that it's becoming a new big man on campus, it'll keep innovating and finding new ways to improve customer service. Gigi Sohn is a former advisor to the chair of the Federal Communications Commission and a distinguished fellow at Georgetown Law School. I just thought it was naive of this judge to think that once you got rid of T-Mobile's most significant competitor, particularly for value-conscious consumers, that they were going to continue to behave that way. Instead, Sone says, as has happened in other countries when competition disappears, companies change. T-Mobile is going to be a completely different company. It's going to be as big as Verizon and AT&T. And as a result, its incentives are going to change. So if you're counting on T-Mobile to stay a low-cost alternative in the wireless industry forever, just make sure to keep checking your bills. For more on how this merger could affect your wallet, head on over to theskim.com slash money. While T-Mobile and Sprint are pairing up, the U.S. and the Philippines are on the outs. We'll explain why that's a big deal for global security next. Bombas are the most comfortable socks in the history of feet. They're made from super soft natural cotton, and every pair comes with arch support, a seamless toe, and a cushioned footbed that's comfy but not too thick. Plus, for every Bombas purchase you make, Bombas donates a pair to someone in need. Buy your Bombas at bombas.com/skimthis today and get 20% off your first purchase. That's b o m b a s dot com/skimthis for 20% off. Bombas.com/skimthis. We've got a breakup story for you now. Today, President Rodrigo Duterte of the Philippines announced that he plans to scrap a decades-old agreement with the United States. For context, the U.S. and the Philippines have been close allies for decades, but lately, things haven't been so chummy. Duterte's war on drugs has led to the alleged unlawful killings of tens of thousands of people and has been widely criticized as a human rights violation. Recently, the U.S. refused to grant a visa to a Philippine official, who was the top guy in charge of that deadly campaign. And today, Duterte made moves to cut back on ties with the U.S. by announcing the end of what's called the Visiting Forces Agreement. It basically allows U.S. troops to be on Filipino soil for things that benefit the Philippines. And the Philippines did benefit quite a bit. Over the last few years, the U.S. provided the Philippines with $550 million worth of military aid. U.S. troops helped fight terrorist groups and also assisted in recovery efforts after a typhoon ravaged the country in 2013. But the U.S. gets something out of this partnership, too. It has to do with China and the South China Sea. The South China Sea is essentially territorial disputes central. With surrounding countries like Vietnam, Malaysia, Brunei, and, you guessed it, China and the Philippines all vying for sovereignty of the sea and various islands within it. China has been exerting its influence in the area big time. We're talking things like building outposts and putting its military on artificial islands within the disputed waters. The U.S. has challenged China's claims to this territory, and it's been convenient for the U.S. Navy to be strategically located right nearby in the Philippines to keep an eye on all the action. And if things did escalate, the U.S. would be there to help the Philippines out. But now, tensions between the Philippines and China have apparently softened, and instead of China being a threat, it might end up being President Duterte's rebound. Duterte has definitely been giving China a lingering look, and sees it as a viable regional partner. And China is down to figure out some sort of deal. China has been courting other countries in Southeast Asia by touting its economic might and being like, hey, why don't you join our cool club? So the Philippines is basically telling the US to back off. And today it set a 180 day timer for the end of this military deal. To be clear, the Philippines and the US still have another agreement called the Mutual Defense Treaty which says the U.S. will defend the Philippines in case of an attack. That treaty dates back to the 1950s, but without this visiting forces agreement, things like getting U.S. troops to the Philippines for training exercises and sending ships and military equipment to and from the Philippines will get a lot harder and could put a strain on a very long relationship. We're back with 2020 tuesday voting season is officially upon us remember the iowa caucuses were last week the official winner is well it's complicated lots of technical difficulties there but the show must go on and early this morning like just after midnight the first voters in new hampshire cast their ballot in the 2020 presidential primary midnight voting is kind of a thing in new hampshire it dates back to 1936 in the town of Millsfield. That's when a woman named Genevieve Nadig invited her neighbors over for a party. And when the clock struck 12, they all cast their ballots. Yay, civics party. At the time, the press ate it up, cause that meant they could print at least some of the election results in time for the morning paper, before the rest of the state had their morning coffee. It's the little things. The Millsfield tradition eventually lost popularity, but in 1960, voters picked up the torch a dozen miles away in Dixville Notch, in a very northern, very snowy part of the state that's basically Canada. Since then, watching the Dixville Notch results roll in has been an election tradition. And just after midnight this morning, the five registered voters of Dixville Notch cast their ballots. The winner of Dixville Notch? Former New York City Mayor Mike Bloomberg, who, compared to the rest of the field, has barely campaigned in New Hampshire. In fact, Bloomberg didn't even try to get on the ballot there. The three Dixville-notch voters who voted for him had to write in his name. You'll have to tune in later to see if those voters had their finger on the pulse of the rest of New Hampshire. Because, as your stats teacher would probably remind you, five voters aren't much for a statewide sample size. For more on the road to 2020 and why New Hampshire matters, head on over to theskim.com slash election. And that's all for Skim This. Thanks again for listening and be sure to hit subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. If you want to add the skim to your morning routine, sign up for our free newsletter, The Daily Skim, right on our website at theskim.com. It's everything you need to know to start your day right in your inbox.